taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. Tune the city point. Give him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. We're gonna get into a word today um, in this relationship series, in this love series. We're gonna be talking about loving through tough seasons. Loving through tough seasons. And I'm gonna be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, just the A part of verse. Four. Uh, why don't you turn there with me? First Corinthians chapter 13, verse four. It is the A part of that verse. It says, love is patient and kind. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing us together, giving us this time to uh, dig into your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will preach through me in a way that is impactful to your people. Uh, help this be a time that is uh, transformational for us where we are met with the truth of your word, convicted by the truth of your word, and our lives are adjusted. Um, help us to um, continue to grow, continue to be shaped by you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, the A part of it once again says, Love is patient and kind. The tag of this is loving during tough seasons. Uh, if you plan to have a relationship that is like in the words of Keith Sweat is able to make it last forever. If you are going to have love that lasts a long time, you are going to find yourself navigating through tough seasons. Uh, I, Carla and I often talk about marriages that last 50 years, that last so long that the two people start looking like each other. Uh, in order for those marriages to have last 50 years, we like to talk about it, that these marriages are like hot dogs. They are made of stuff that you don't even want to know what is quite on the inside of it. It is some of this and some of that. It is trials. It is difficulties, very trying times and seasons that they have gone through. And it is as a result of the fact that they have decided to go through rather than abandoning um, that they have made it to that 50 year point. And so since having lasting relationships means that we are going to be faced with tough times somewhere along the lines, I thought it necessary and beneficial for us to talk today about loving during tough seasons. The, the reality is these tough seasons may not necessarily be tough seasons that you're going through together, but sometimes they are tough seasons or tough lessons that one of the partners is experiencing and is going through. Um, but the reality is when we are in relationships, when one person is going through something, it means that the relationship is going through something. And so the question is, how do we love? How do we show up during those times when that partner is going through a tough season of life or is learning some hard lessons in life? How should we show up as a faithful partner, as a faithful husband, as a faithful wife, as a faithful uh, fiance, as a faithful boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the title is, even if I'm just dating 
How should we show up during these tough seasons during another person's life? I think that um, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think that his words are instructive and can be encouraging to us as we consider what it looks like to show up during these times. Now, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Uh, chapter one, uh, excuse me, first Corinthians chapter 13, verse four, what he is doing here is he is writing to the people that make up the church of Corinth. We have often heard this, um, uh, passage, uh, read at weddings and it is often, uh, uh, read as the love verse. And it has some very instructive pieces on love. And by context, what Paul is doing here is he is effectively taking issue with the issues that are going on in the church or the issue that they are having with getting along with each other. Uh, What Paul is effectively writing about is in response to the fact that they are uh, not getting along with each other well as members of the same church community. They are suing each other in court. Um, they are self-glorifying themselves over each other because one has this gift, another does not have that gift. That they are using their spiritual gifts to self-aggrandize. And, and Paul is trying to take a point to teach them that like, above all, the thing that needs to be at the heart of everything that we do as Christians needs to be this thing called love. Effectively, he says, in how we engage with one another, in how we interact with each other, in how we do life with each other, love needs to be at the heart and at the center of it. He also says that in the way that we settle our differences with each other, like all of that stuff, how we think about our spiritual gifts, for all of that stuff, love needs to be central. So even though Paul is here talking about the broader concept of how we ought to love in community as Christians. I I want you to hear me well, because I want to argue that that Paul is not simply telling us what love ought to look like when it comes to like church member to church member. But I think he is also right in giving a, 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 a broader view of when we are in relationship with each other, period. Whether we're talking about simply church member to church member or husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance to fiance, um, two partners, whatever we're talking about, there is a specific way that we ought to be showing up in love with each other. He here, I want to argue, says to us that love ought to not merely be a sentimental thing. That that love ought to not merely be an emotional thing. It ought to not merely be merely words, but that love should manifest itself in real and tangible ways. Uh, Two of the ways that Paul says that this love ought to show up can be found in the verse, this little small verse that we've read today in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, that the two ways that love ought to be showing up in tangible ways is through patience and kindness. And so I want to look at these two qualities to consider how we should show up for a partner during a season of hard times and a season of hard lessons. I want to submit to you that first of all, based on Paul's talk about love being patient and kind, 
is that the way that love ought to show up during a season of hard lessons and hard times is through this first one. Don't run. In premarital counseling sessions, uh, that there is a question that Carla and I ask, and we typically give it as a homework question for the couple. The question is, what would it take for you to leave? Those of you that have gone through our premarital counseling sessions, I'm sure you remember this question being given for homework. What would it take for you to leave? Now, now I do get that folks who are dating and engaged or or are not tethered in the same way that a married couple would be. But but I do want to raise the same question to everybody, whether you are married or dating or engaged or even just just considering being in a relationship. The question is, what would it take for you to run? I want to say just put a pin here and say that there are nuances to this. And I hope that throughout this series, we will consider that when it comes to relationships, everybody is unique. Every set of circumstances is unique. And so I don't want us to take anything as a hard and a fast rule without considering that there are nuances to our own individual situations. Uh, Of course, if, if there is abuse, if there is a risk of safety, is there if there is a risk of personal well-being, then it is okay to run away from those situations. And I will say that it is advisable to run away from those situations. But 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 outside of those life threatening, uh, personally damaging, um, verbally abusive, um, putting myself at risk by being in this space, uh, jeopardizing myself kind of situations outside of those kinds of circumstances or situations. I want to ask you that what is it that could arise in the life of that person that would cause you to run? I want to submit to you that love does not run away from my problems. Again, this is nuanced. This does not apply to everything. And I, I hope that you stay with me here. That love does not run away from my problems, but it runs towards me when I have them. Here's what I mean by this, that there are some people that when it comes to, to love or to being in romantic relationships, that there are some people and, and perhaps it comes as a result of being guarded. Perhaps it comes from past traumas. But 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 it but sometimes any situation that 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 causes this person to appear that they don't totally fully have everything together in life. It causes us to run away and decide that this is not going to be a relationship that works. And and let me, let me just caution you here. Relationships, two human beings coming together, relationships are going to take work. That there is not going to be a such thing as perfection. There is not going to be a such thing as a problem free person. And I like to say that that if you get two black or Latinx folks getting together, it is like getting two Vietnam vets together, two Iraq war veterans together with all kinds of trauma and PTSD trying to come together in their brokenness, trying to create wholeness in a relationship together. 
There are going to be problems. There are going to be deficiencies. There are going to be insufficiencies. The, the, the question is, if these insufficiencies and these problems are not matters of safety, are not matters of life and death, are not matters of wellness versus unwellness, if they are not related to those things, are we willing to stand in there and help do the work? Reality is what I'm asking is whether or not if we are taking different approaches, we are effectively being fair weather at both. Yeah, there's this popular saying, I can do bad all by myself. But doesn't that negate the idea of partnership? Your partnership is not always about upgrade. Hear me well. Partnership is not always about upgrade. It is signing up to be a partner in life with another individual through the ups and through the downs of life. Yeah, that, that there are some people that are only uh, ready to ride with you at the top of the elevator, but not willing to go with you through the floors, through the layers, through the levels that it takes for you to get there. Bible says that love bears all things, love believes all things, love hopes all things, love endures all things. I'm going to tell y'all a story about me and Carla. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, in fact, I, for a lot of years, I had saved the voicemail over and over and over again for years. It was the first time that Carla ever said, I love you to me. We've been dating for like three, four months, and um, I had just gotten to my office one morning and Carla called me shortly thereafter. Uh, she called me. She told me that there had been a, a fire in her condo building and that even though her unit didn't burn, there was all kinds of smoke damage to her condo. Also, the front door had been broken down by the fire department, so she didn't have a front door to her uh, condo anymore. And so I left the South Loop and I was there in Bronzeville in about 15 minutes. I had stuff to do absolutely for sure. I had a whole to-do list that was lined up for today. But this woman that I was madly, deeply in love with and deeply cared about was in distress. She was in a tough situation at that point and I felt like I had to be there. And so we ended up spending the whole day together. We ended up navigating the process of getting her front door secured together and 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 warding off all these unscru unscrupulous contractors that were uh, trying to get in on the impending insurance claim that they felt was coming and and and, and together we were thinking through and working through what were going to be the next steps this this ended up this would be the first time that we had ever had to get into the trenches together, but it would not be the last. Let me say parenthetically to y'all that we were in the trenches together long before we were in the bed together. Let me say that again. We were in the trenches together long before we were in the bed together. We had each other's backs long before we had each other's bodies. And that has made the world of difference in our relationship. 
Any relationship that can only seem to thrive in the bedroom and not on the battlefield of life is not a relationship. It is a long standing booty call. Yeah, we were in the trenches that day. I, I dropped Carla off to her car that night and, and I left and I went home and, and, and the next day I woke up to this amazing voicemail message where Carla was saying that she and her roommate, they had checked into their hotel they, that, and she went on to say how much she um, appreciated everything that I had done for her that day. And, and, and as if she was evaluating her feelings in real time and doing the math in her head, she paused and said, I, I love you. I asked Carla a lot of years later why it was that that day that she said, I love you. And her reflection was the same as as mine. I what I thought what I suspected was actually the case. It was because of how my love for her activated itself on that particular day in the midst of a tough time. And so that that is effectively what I'm talking to y'all about today. It is supporting each other through the tough times. So not only do I want to say that that the first thing that we need to do when the person that we love is facing hard lessons or hard times is that we should decide that we're not going to run. Secondly, not only don't run, but don't enable. There's a such thing as good help and bad help. The, the, the best help and support does not enable poor choices and poor behavior. No, no, it holds accountable while it supports. There's a nuance to that. Paul, when writing to the Thess- Thessalonians, says in 2 Thessalonians uh, 3, uh, 10 through 15, he says, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat or her not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now, such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and just have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Yeah, don't enable. What I love about what Paul is, is doing here is, is, is Paul is saying that, that, that everybody's got to do their part. He, he is absolutely in the context of 2 Corinthians talking about how they should show up for each other as community, that they should be taking care of each other, that they should be loving each other, looking out for each other. But he offers this caveat. He, he says, but hold on. If somebody ain't willing to work, if somebody ain't willing to, to, to put in on the planting, they ain't getting none of the harvest, right? Paul effectively says that, that, that everybody needs to be willing to check to, to contribute to the progress of the whole thing. In other words, he says like Smokey and Friday, you ain't put in on this man for, for, for some people. It is, it is essential that we not enable them that we make sure that they play a role in helping out their own situation. Yeah, sometimes people are going through hard times and experiencing hard lessons because there are some things that they need to learn about better and different ways that they need to move. 
And when that is happening, it is not for me to get in the way of God teaching you those lessons, um, allowing you to go through those hard things so that you can come out stronger and better and more mature. And so we have to be very careful that that in our help, in our support, in our showing up for people that we are not enabling. Let me say that not only should we um, not only do I want to say don't run, not only do I want to say don't enable, but I want to say thirdly, don't avoid tough conversations. Don't avoid tough conversations that there is this comfort that we can tend to have. And I'm not going to dwell on this point long. There's this comfort that we can tend to have um, with um, uh, telling everybody else about the the problem that's going on, about like the triflingness of somebody else's situation, but not uh, going face to face with them. What, what I love about what Paul does, this is in another context. Paul does this with Peter. Paul. Paul needs to holler at Peter. It's a tough conversation about like Peter being wishy-washy with hanging out with the Gentiles when the Jews aren't there. But then when the Jews come, Peter draws back, stops eating with them. Paul is like, hey, let me holler at you, bro. And and he has the tough conversation with him. Paul says uh, later on, Paul says, I opposed him to his face. And so there is this there is this decision to not avoid tough conversations that some of us have to become better about. It is hard. It is difficult. It is challenging to do. But love also calls for the tough conversations sometimes. Sometimes these are blind spots in a person's life that perhaps they don't see. It's a hard lesson that they are going through for the second time or for the third time. It is a hard time that they're going through once again. And we can see clearly that the reason that C is happening is because you keep doing A and B and A plus B is going to continue to get you C. Being willing to have the tough conversation, not the passive aggressive acts, not the telling everybody else about the challenge of of the problem, but having a tough and difficult conversation. Yeah, love pushes us to do that. Let me share with you fourthly. Let me move this thing along. I'm preaching like we in person or something uh, going all this time. Fourthly, do be patient with the process. Ephesians 4 and 2 says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. Once again, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Let me say, be patient with the progress. Yeah, we don't all grow and we don't all learn from lessons as quickly and easily as others do. And so I simply want to caution us to be willing to be patient with each other. Bro, I know that it may grate you what she does, how she does it, how it is continuing, how she finds herself in this same situation over again. Let me push you. Be patient, sis. I know that it perhaps bugs you that 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 he continues to find himself in these hard times, in these hard spaces over and over again. And perhaps pride and ego and all those things are getting in the way. Let me encourage you to be patient with the progress. Be patient with the progress. And let me say to you all, fifthly and finally, do participate in your own process. I I love 
I love this, what Paul says to the church at Thessalonica. He says in one single like paragraph of verses, Paul says to them, bear one another's burdens. And then a few verses later, he talks about personal accountability. And he says, each person needs to bear their own load, right? He says, from a communal standpoint, we are to bear one another's burdens. But hold on, come here. You, a person that thinks that they can uh, uh, um, um, skip out on their own responsibility. No, he says, each person should bear their own load. And so I just want to close by saying, participate in your own progress. Because love shows up that way as well. You see, love does not simply show up in in being patient and kind and long suffering with others as they go through. But love also shows up as saying, I love him so much. I love her so much. I love them so much that, that, that I'm willing to work on these things so that I can be the best me so that I can be a better me to show up better in this relationship. That, that's, that's what love does. L love says, I'm willing to do the self-reflection. I'm willing to do the self-work to become a better me for the sake of us. Yeah, love does that. Love does that. Oh.